welcome back to the channel. Today I'm delighted to be joined by Noor and he's had quite a remarkable story of transformation. So I'll give a quick introduction and then I'll let Noor introduce himself because he'll do himself more justice. But basically Noor had life-threatening asthma around five years ago and he stumbled on quite a few resources, one that I also found in Dr. Sebi. But um, yeah, I'll let Noor introduce himself and give it a little intro of his story. Yes, sir. First of all, thank you for having me on, Dylan. I truly appreciate the opportunity to have a conversation and share my story with everyone. Um, I think this will definitely be helpful to anyone who's experienced anything similar and uh, who's looking for a way out, you know? So um, as you mentioned, my name is Noor. I am a plant-based fitness coach yoga teacher, you know, spiritual being, of course. And um, my health journey started about five years ago, where um, basically I came down with asthma, right? Uh, adult onset asthma, where pr previous to that, I really never had any issues, um, respiratory issues, or really any health issues. Um, but then that came out of nowhere per the doctors, you know, uh, knowledge and skills right um and so you know that kind of led me kind of a down a deep dark path depression you know a whole lot of other issues and i made a choice to find a way out right find a natural way where i didn't have to rely on pharmaceutical meds which were making the situation worse right um so then, you know, I came across some teachings and things started to change. And, you know, we can definitely dive deeper into that. Um, you know, if you have any yeah. specific questions sure, to sure. leeway to so that. Five, around five years ago when you were diagnosed with this, were, what was your current diet like? Were you standard vegan or what, standard American? What, what was your diet like? I was a standard vegan for sure. Uh, Three years prior to that, I had switched over to veganism. Um, but for those three years, I was a junk food vegan, right? So consuming all the meat alternatives and the processed vegan junk, really, that was really no better for my health than the standard American diet when I was eating animal products as well. And uh, yeah, so that... that um, was really an eye opening experience uh, going through, you know, the continued illness and issues during that time. And uh, it made me realize that simply eating a vegan diet doesn't necessarily mean you're eating a healthy diet or one that's helping you and assisting in your body's overall natural functions, right? Optimal functions. So, yeah, it uh, vegan few years before so and then i made the transition five years ago yeah for sure that resonates with me a lot i think for a lot of people when they initially go vegan they just assume because it's vegan it's healthy <laughs> but like you say you can have all the junk yeah. food and the mock meats and things like that which can be great when you're transitioning but ultimately they're not conducive to health so for you why, why did you initially go vegan then was it for the ethical reasons or, or yeah can you shed a bit of light yeah so I grew up in South Dakota, a small city by the name of Sioux Falls. It's a very, very, um, you know, it's a city, but it's definitely on the smaller end, maybe 100,000, 150,000 people. Um, 
And there's a lack of racial diversity and really just a diversity of thoughts mm. in that area, right? So grew up in a very closed-minded kind of a reserved society. And I had a few friends where we all kind of, you know, we're outliers. We, we thought very differently. You know, we were rebels, you know, outlaws. We did not want to go with the okie doke of, you know, standard society, um, especially where we were living. So a couple of my friends uh, came across some of the, I guess, inhumane videos where they show, you know, the animals being slaughtered and um, uh, basically the treatment of animals in these slaughterhouses. And um, so they showed me that and that really left a really deep impression on me, man, where I was like, geez, like this is the food that I'm eating. It's coming from here. And, uh, you know, emotionally just didn't feel right to continue, you know, on the same diet that I was at. So we all made a choice at that time to stop eating meat. Right. And it was such a powerful choice because we knew no one else. Literally, we didn't know a single person who was vegetarian or vegan at that time. Um, you know, of course, we came across some people online and whatnot, but um, I wasn't really online like that at that time. So we made the transition and, you know, it was tough at first, of course, you know, family members, friends, not being able to socialize and not be able to, you know, eat out with friends because they're not yeah. eating the same foods you are. And uh, so we made the transition. Um a few friends fell off and they were just like, I just can't do this anymore. Like I got to go back to my old way of eating. Um, but me and one of my good friends, um, we stuck to it. Right. So him and I are really the only two out of like five or six who made that transition at the time. We're still eating vegan slash plant-based right now. And uh, yeah, just never really looked back since then. man. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's certainly like you say, when you make that transition, I remember for me, I think it was around, yeah, five or six years ago, you like you say, you don't fit in, and it can be it can be very like ostracizing. You can feel maybe not lonely, but yeah, like a little bit of an outcast. And it definitely takes a lot of willpower to and knowing your reasons why I think helps helps you stick on the path. But so if we if we move on a little bit, so how what was the next progression? So you got this diagnosis, you know, asthma, like the world was all crumbling around you. <laughs> What was the next thing you yeah. stumbled on the the accelerated your health or yeah 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 um so around i'm trying to think of years right now man seems like the past few years have just flew by so um i would say around 2016 2017 right around that area i came to across the teachings of dr sebi which i'm sure a whole lot of people who may be listening to this, you know, right now are aware of, right? He's uh, an herbalist. He was a biochemist, naturopath, and um, he helped people cure themselves of many illnesses, including HIV, AIDS, lupus, diabetes, cancer, you know, the list is extensive. And he really, really did this on a big scale. And uh, one of my friends introduced me to him 
I was like, hey, I know you're, you know, you've been going through this asthma thing. Check out this Dr. Sebi guy. So I literally, for the next, I don't know, a few months, literally sat down and watched every single interview, uh, you know, podcast, anything to do with Dr. Sebi, I did the research on, right? Um, he didn't actually believe in books and writing books and <laughs> nor reading books. He was, uh, he, he would always, we used to say like, you know, I'm, I'm a kid from the jungle, man. Like everything I needed to know I had, right. Um, my mom gave me everything that I needed to know. I did not need to be educated by an institutionalized system for me to know how to heal myself. Right. So that was kind of his philosophy though. I do believe if he would have wrote a book, his teachings would have been, you know, far, even more, far more uh, sure. spread out and accessible to people. But that's another topic. Um, so I did all this research. I watched all the videos, all the interviews online and really gained uh, a good understanding and a belief now that, okay, changing what you eat can actually heal yourself, right? You can cure yourself of ailments and even do some deeper healing within that. His whole philosophy is that a alkaline plant-based diet um, can help alkalize the body or at least get the pH of the body to a more alkaline level or neutral level. Um, and that is what can help heal yourself of various ailments and illnesses. You know, his thing is an acidic body or an acidic environment within the body is what uh, disease thrives in. Yeah right? Ailments thrive in. So it wasn't necessarily about being alkaline, but it was about reversing the effects of basically acidosis, right? Of, you know, over accumulation of acid. And, uh, you know, once I really kind of understood that, I was like, all right, you know, let me try it out. Let me see, you know, how it happens. Let me go on this alkaline plant-based diet and try, um, some of his herbal compounds and see what happens. Right. So I did so and things instantly changed. Right. So at the time, I, uh, you know, discovering him, I was probably having 20 to 30 asthma attacks per week. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Which is, you know, yeah. kind of crazy to think of. Yeah, man, that's like, you know, a few every hour or whatever, you know what I'm saying? And so I, I was like, yo, there's gotta be something else to do. I went into this diet and instantly i went from 20 to 30 a week to about three to four a week right and i was like okay there's a lot of merit to behind you know what he was saying you know i later found out that basically dairy and gluten was a main cause of my asthma and so cutting those off really did uh help with my asthma and uh get rid of it eventually but Outside of the actual ailments, you know, the manifestation of that disease, I began doing some deep emotional healing, right? Some really deep purging, right? Because I was enlightening my body. I was cleansing my body of toxins that was also holding on to traumas, stress, emotions that I had not yet processed or dealt with. And so during this cleansing process, as I made the transition to the alkaline plant-based diet, man, I was letting go of years worth of baggage, emotional baggage, right? 
and of course toxins as well. So I lost a bunch of weight and um, yeah, just got really, really skinny. And you know, then it was, it was at that time where I made another transition. Okay. I'm not sure why the lights mm -hmm. went off here. The energy in the room. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it, it looks, it looks a lot more like your uh, setting. Yeah. The, so the dark know. moody environment. <laughs> but, but yeah. Right. So for you, it was like an instant, an instant uh, improvement, an instant shift just by going on the alkaline diet. So for anyone I'd say most of my audience probably know what the alkaline diet is, but maybe some people don't, and there might be new listeners. So for anyone who doesn't know the general premise of the alkaline diet, what kind of foods are on there and what kind of foods are eliminated? Yeah, so obviously it's a plant-based diet, so no animal products, right? Zero. But beyond that, it gets rid of hybrid vegetables, hybrid plants, right? Some of those common hybrid plants that most of us or a lot of us eat on a daily basis and actually think is good for us on a molecular level, there are certain foods that are not good for us due to, first of all, it, it was created in a lab, right? So it's a hybrid um, vegetable, hybrid fruit or hybrid, you know, plants. And when something is hybrid and unnatural, it does not uh, assimilate to our cells, right? Um, so our body doesn't actually recognize it as food. So it doesn't actually, it's not actually bioavailable and we do not get the benefits from the food that we think we are getting from it. So that is one thing that is eliminated from this diet is hybrid foods. Another thing that's eliminated is foods that are high in starch right? Dr. Sebi, this whole, you know, way of eating, the <clears throat> understanding of starch is that it is an inorganic compound that combines two organic compounds to make a new food, right? To make something new, right? So an example of um, a highly starch food is just russet potatoes, right? Russet potatoes are basically just starch, not a lot of nutritional value behind it. And when we consume something like russet potatoes or anything high in starch, our body doesn't recognize the starch. So instead of it digesting it, it simply sits in our body, causes inflammation, causes toxins and causes a whole host of issues that um, is just not good for us. So no starch, I shouldn't say no starch, no high starch foods, because a lot of foods, they have minimal starch and, um, you know, that that's acceptable in this way of eating. Um, what else? Oh, no seeded fruits, right? I should say no seedless fruits, excuse me. So all the fruits got to have seeds in it because that then shows that it is, you can reproduce, right? You can create another plant from this food. And um, yeah, I, I, you know, as far as more details on exactly why that is, I'm not yeah, sure. Look it up, but that, um, that's a great, that's a great overview. Yeah, I think definitely it's, it's a great for me personally, it was a great foundation. And I'd say maybe 90 95% of Dr. Sebi's work, I completely agree with. I do think maybe there's potentially some flaws like with anyone, I, I never fully agree 100% with everyone. 
But do you feel like there's maybe some beneficial hybrids? Maybe just through natural natural hybridization in nature? Yes, for mm. sure. And I'm with you. So I'm not completely alkaline plant-based. I was for a certain amount of time, but um, I realized like I'm about maybe 80, 85% right now. And some of the other foods that are I do eat are hybrid foods, right? So some of the hybrid foods that I do consume that I think are still good for you. Um, really got to think about that. I know I consume them, but I just got to think about what which ones in particular. Um, yeah. So he, he mentions, obviously, uh, seeded fruit, right? So everything's got to have yeah. seeds in them. You know, I eat baby bananas. Now, baby bananas are a less starchier form of the you know, regular larger bananas, but they don't have, at least the ones I consume, they don't have seeds in them, right? So technically that's a hybrid fruit. Um, so that is one thing. And there are many others, right? I always say like some things are better than others. You know what I'm saying? Like if you have access to, you know, preferably organic, non-GMO, you know, clean hybrid fruits, right? Um, stuff like even what he considers, he considers grapefruit as being a hybrid fruit, right? Um, I don't know if I believe in that, but that's just what, what, you know, the philosophy is. So I consume grapefruit, you know, I consume grapefruit. Another thing is lemon, right? He did not uh, suggest the consumption of lemon, even if it had seeds in it, right? So lemon obviously has a lot of benefits to it, cleanses, purifies the body, um, when we consume the lemon, it becomes alkaline in our body, though it is acidic in nature, right? So those are a few things, but, you know, um, it's a great foundation, as you said, but, you know, the deeper you get into the plant-based healing lifestyle, you kind of find your own way of doing things that work best for yeah, you. Precisely, precisely. And I think with the seeded and the uh, seedless, there's a lot of people like if you've heard of Dr. Robert Morse, he's he's had like amazing healing yep. testimonials just on seedless grapes. So you can definitely still heal. And like you say, it's just making the best choices with what you've got in front of you and not beating yourself up. So obviously we just said it's a great foundation. So how has that progressed for you? Like now, just say I say, what's a typical day look like for you? Like, so what time do you get up? And then, you know, what kind of foods do you eat throughout the day? Yeah, this is the juicy stuff. I like, I love talking about this. Um, so I get up fairly early now. Um, I get up at between 4 a.m. to 4.30 a.m. And then um, I do a fasted workout first thing in the morning. So between like 5 a.m. to about 6.30, I'm in the gym. Currently, I'm in a weight, weight training routine um, because my – current goal right now is to continue gaining muscle mass with the diet that I'm consuming. And so usually get home by 637. Um, and then I get right to work, man, I get right to work, I do my uh, most important task, right. Um, which is typically I don't know, creating some type of maybe a funnel or um, it might be hopping on a call with, you know, someone, a sales call, something. Um, and then, so even at that point, I haven't consumed anything. 
And then more recently, and this is something brand new to me, and I, I don't suggest it for everyone, but I got to be honest on what I'm currently doing. Um, I've been drinking matcha tea, right? Um, so I've been caffeine free for a very long time, up until maybe about two to three weeks ago, um, as my workload has really, really increased. So I drink matcha tea, um, which gives me a whole boost of energy first thing in the day. Um, and then maybe an hour after that, I get into my fruits. Okay. And uh, I eat fruits in a very, very almost clinical way, right? So I have the same amount of fruits every day in the same order, typically at the same time. And uh, it usually starts with dates. So I soak dates in some spring water um, to soften it up and it makes it more by uh, makes it easier to digest, right? And uh, it also helps get rid of, you know, some toxins and things, you know, on the surface of the dates. So I eat about nine to 11 dates. I then consume maybe four to five dried figs that were actually also rehydrated in some water and soaked. Um, I then consume recently um, tamarind. Are you familiar with tamarind? Mm, not really. I've heard people talk about it, but no. Can you elaborate? Yeah. Tamarind fruit is a tropical fruit. I think it originates in like the Mexico, South America area, but it's a, uh, it looks like a pod, right? So it's like um, maybe, I don't know, four inch pod. Um, and you eat the fruit that's inside, which is kind of like a dark red flesh. And uh, it's tangy, slightly sweet in flavor. It's really, really good for your digestion, right? So it helps, um, you know, move things along. Um, acts as a very, very mild laxative, nothing too serious, but it's also high in iron, right? And iron is something that we all need. It's something that, you know, we, uh, majority of us, I believe are not getting enough of. Um, and it's really tasty. So I eat about four of those. And then afterwards I hop into either some baby bananas or red bananas, typically about four to five of those. And then, um, yeah, man. And then I, you know, throughout this time, I'm obviously working as well. Um, and then I, you know, try to get in some water as well. As far as fruits, that's pretty much what I'm doing right now. During the spring and summertime, it kind of differs based on what's available locally. But those are kind of like my winter fruits that I consume on a regular basis. And then um, I have my one larger basically high raw meal of the day a little later. Um, and that typically consists of a large like spring salad um, with some avocado seeds, hemp seeds, nuts, grains, um, and maybe a little quinoa and a combination of maybe some cooked veggies, mm -hmm. right? And uh, that's my typical day of eating. Yeah, yeah, right there. Yeah, so for you personally, in terms of the fruit, you like to stick <clears throat> with whatever's in season and locally available would you would you ever go for like for the yeah, most part would you ever just say i don't know it's winter now as we're filming this it's december would you ever go for like mangoes or things like that if i can get some quality mangoes yes yeah. for sure around the around this time here i haven't been able to find Same them here. at all just for so, the people so, yeah, so where yeah, are you located I, in the world just for the people yeah i'm in minnesota right now so yeah. 
Minnesota has some of the toughest winters in the U.S. by far. If anyone's been here, lived here for a period of time, you know what's up, you know. So um, that means not a lot of access to fresh fruits during the wintertime, you know. It's all mostly imported um, unless you got a green room or a greenhouse or whatever. Um, but, yeah, it, it's tough to get ripe tasty mangoes uh Same around this time here uh, yeah i just don't bother now because like you said that the it's important quality as well of fruit because for me personally like just say i have three kind of okay mangoes maybe one and a half really nice juicy ripe ones would would provide me with the same energy so it's, it's not even really worth it um yeah Damn so man. then you said you had like a, you have like a high raw meal is that in the evening for like dinner time yeah, uh, I try to consume it before five. That way I have some time to digest before I go to bed. Yeah. So yeah, it's and, the evening and time. And you think for most people, because like maybe some of my listeners are like fully raw or they want to be fully raw. Do you think it's like necessary for most people to be fully raw or do you think you can still thrive with like many high raw? You can definitely thrive eating high raw. Um I've noticed, particularly based on the climate, right? So I have bouts of being completely raw, especially during the high summertime where hydration is really the main thing that I'm focused on. Um, and then I have bouts of, you know, consuming maybe mostly cooked, right? But currently I'm high raw, about maybe 80, 70% raw, 20 to 30% cooked. And Yes, you can definitely thrive on it. It's really just about finding the cooked foods that um, allow you to remain energized and doesn't cause the digestive issues that a lot of cooked foods do, mm. right? And um, yeah, you know, I for me, I'm on my muscle gaining journey. Um, so packing in, you know, as much good food as I can to help with the you know cellular regeneration process and the muscle building process has helped me out and is continuing to help me. So that's where the cooked food comes in hand, where you know volume wise I'm able to you know consume a lot more. Um, but I don't think it's necessary. I think you can definitely thrive and even build muscle on a fully raw diet. Um, but you know I think diet or I think climates. Um, and you know, your lifestyle and there's a whole lot of other factors that go into it, but I will say 100% the best I've ever felt on a consistent basis was when I was hundred percent raw. Yeah, for sure. Like you say, it's just about identifying your current like environmental conditions, obviously your, your needs, like how much energy do you need or, you know, and finding good foods, like you said, the, the lesser uh, digestive intensive, we could say, like cooked foods. So the things that aren't gonna leave you feeling feeling lethargic, and yeah, like you say, like seventy, eighty percent raw. I honestly believe as well. For most people, that's still like really, really good. And like, yeah, like yeah. recently here, it's been pretty cold. If I've made the mistake of not stocking up on enough fruit and things like that, then in the evening maybe I'll have like a soup or, you know, some steamed veg or sweet potato things like that. And yeah, it feels a tiny bit more dense, but you know, for me, that's still really, really healthy. And yeah. So then if we move on, like you say, the muscle building journey, I see 
I've seen your transformation on social media. I see, was it 15 pounds you've gained of muscle since since um, your initial kind of detox? Yes. So during, you know, my transition to the plant-based diet um, and really years of being on that, I should say the alkaline plant-based diet, I eventually got down to my lowest weight as an adult, right? So I was like soaking wet, maybe 125, 120 pounds, right? Um, was very, very, I mean, I felt amazing. I felt great. Energy was through the roof, you know, um, spiritual sorry, connection. Quickly, how tall are you? What's that? Five foot eight. Okay, cool. Yeah, sorry. Sorry, yeah, so you felt yeah. amazing. Yeah, so, yeah, I felt amazing. Energy was through the roof, like, uh, I felt great, right? Um, but I was super, super thin, right? And as much as I wanted to tell myself that the comments from other people telling me like, oh man, like you're super skinny, man. Like what's going on? And uh, as much as I wanted to tell myself that that didn't affect me, it did, right? And not only that, I'm a huge basketball player. Um, I love playing basketball, played most of my life. It's one of my ways of staying active and kind of expressing my competitive energy, right? And I began noticing I was getting like pushed around, man. You know, I was getting swung around, pushed around. And I decided at that point, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to not only prove to myself, but prove to others that you can gain strength, build muscle, and, you know, just be an athletic be you know super athletic on this very clean high raw plant-based diet right so i began lifting weights basically and eating more of the same foods that i was eating right so nothing changed i didn't uh start you know consuming vegan protein powders i didn't you know hop on creatine i didn't do none of that right i literally told myself i'm going to consume the same things that i'm eating eat a higher volume of it and start hitting the weights and see what happens right so within the first month i instantly saw a big difference um definitely saw you know more defined muscle tone um and definitely felt stronger and then, you know, over the, you know, I would say after the first three to four months, I noticed my weight gain was about eight to 10 pounds in that short amount of time, right? So part of that <clears throat> was that my body went through a shock period, right? So I never, it's been probably a decade before that where I had actually lifted weights like in a weight room. Um, so my body wasn't used to, you know, lifting all this external weight. So when I did that, my body was like, oh, okay, time to start building this muscle. So it, it really built muscle in a very, very quick time period. And I was completely shocked, man. I went from 125 to 135 in three months and, um, it felt great, felt amazing. And then I kind of hit a plateau for a little bit. Right. Um, so then I continued and I was like, okay, well, let me just continue what I'm doing and see how much more weight I can gain. And, you know, here I am probably six months later and I've gained a whole another five pounds, right? So a total of 15 pounds since then. And um, yeah, man, I'm, I'm continuing to adjust my exercises, adjust my workouts and eat more so I can continue gaining yeah. this weight, right? So it's a, I'm learning as I go. Yeah, yeah. 
for sure. And uh, it's been great. Yeah. Man. And, and an important distinction is that's lean muscle mass or, or weight gain. It's not it's not like a dirty yes. bulk where like anyone can gain weight quickly with dirty bulk and <laughs> eat foods like that. But no, it's, it's sustainable. Yeah, I think man. a lot of people with muscle growth, they um, they chase like the quick gains, don't they? Like, oh, yeah, I gained five pounds, blah, blah, blah. But most of it's fat. So it's good that you've done it sustainably and you're feeling better and, and yeah, you're making man. progress. And yeah, I haven't, I haven't done a body fat assessment, but I'm pretty sure it's really, really yeah. low, man. I don't got a lot of body yeah, fat from on what me I've seen at all. On Instagram, it look, you look very lean, but like defined as well. It's, it's good. But uh, yeah, I, I came from a similar standpoint. Like I'm by no means where I want to be, but I felt good. I, I was really skinny. I, I can't remember the exact weight, but a similar weight and I'm taller than you, but maybe, maybe slightly, slightly more weight. But yeah, I was telling myself, you know, it didn't matter, but people's comments were cutting deep because I knew they were true. I was looking in the mirror and I, I didn't feel confident with my body. So for, yeah, I resonate with that fully. And I think it's important to at least have a, a foundational level of strength and muscle mass, especially as a guy, like for self-confidence, definitely I feel way more confident mm -hmm. now. So yeah, for you, for yeah. you now. So what, what is a typical like, week look like in terms of exercise so like how often do you go to the gym and what kind of exercises do you do yeah so currently i'm on a four-day workout split so i usually do a monday tuesday take wednesday off the thursday friday and then take the weekend off um in terms of weightlifting. so that's typically i typically do a shoulder day where it's mainly shoulders and then, so it's a yeah, shoulder day, mainly shoulders. Then I hop into leg day, or mainly legs. And I do some upper body as well. And then I have a full body day. And then usually the fourth day, I actually repeat a shoulder day, right? So it's, it's actually a three workout split, but I do it for four days of the week. So one of the workouts I repeat through the week. Um, and it's been working for me, man. It's been great. And uh, actually, it's it's in line. It's very, very similar to, um, you know, I'm sure a lot of your listeners might know who Ted Carr is. So he has a workout guide that he provides, um, you know, in his social medias. And uh, that was my foundation when I first began the weightlifting process. And I've adjusted it here and there a little bit, but it, it was derived from his workout guide. And um, yeah, it's effective, man. It works. It works. And, you know, one of the key aspects of weight training, especially if you're not, you know, juicing up, right? If you're not taking steroids, if you're not, um, you know, taking all these extra supplements to help you out, it's like you got to make time for recovery. It's super important that you allow your muscles to fully recover or get as close to a fully recovered body as possible before you go back into the weight room, right? So I started off three days a week, and now that my body is kind of adjusted to the weightlifting routine, I'm at four days a week. Who knows, I might go up to five, you know, down the line. But a lot of it is really just listening to my body. If I feel super sore and tense one morning or the, you know, the night after doing a weight, tra weight training routine, I'm not going to work out the next day, bro. I'm just going to chill. 
I'm like, I'm going to use this as my day off and then go, you know, do it again tomorrow, maybe go a little lighter um, because I, it's really about how effectively you can perform the exercises, right? Not about how frequent you are, how frequently you are exercising. At least that's what I figured out throughout my journey, man. You gotta make time and space to fully recover before you hit the gym again, especially if you're doing it naturally. For sure. For sure. And in terms of training philosophy, do you, what do you believe in? Like going fully to failure or maybe leaving a couple of reps in the tank? What, what, what do you personally do? I, I go to a failure for sure. Mm. Yep. Almost every set I'm at failure to the literally where yeah, I cannot shaking. do anymore. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Shaking, you know what I'm saying? Like sometimes I forget to get a spotter. I'm like, yeah, come, come here. I need, I need help with this bench, you know? Um, and yeah, that's, you know, that's what works for me. And honestly, even psychologically, mentally, that's what um, gives me that satisfaction. Like I gave it everything I got, right? Whereas if I didn't, whereas if I was like at 70 to 80% failure, um, I wouldn't feel good about that set. I wouldn't feel good about my yeah. workout, right? I like feeling close to exhausted after a workout, right? to then, you know, maybe I can, you know, I'll recover shortly after, but right after the workout, I want to give all the juice I got, um, and, and feel like I left nothing mm-hmm. out there. Right. So currently that's what's where I'm at and where what's been working for me. Yeah. I'm the same. If, if I've ever, the very few times where I haven't fully like gone to failure or something, I, I know it deep down. I'm like, Oh, I should have given more there and I, I beat myself up. So yeah, I think also once you really push it, then you feel like you've kind of earned your, your meals, don't you? Your food. So yeah, you, in terms of food, sure. do you kind of, what do you do? Do you work out fasted or yeah? Yes. Yeah. So since I began doing these early morning workouts, I drink a little bit of spring water right before. Um, and then some more spring water afterwards. I typically don't eat my first fruit meal until maybe two hours after my workout. So uh, yeah, it's completely fasted. And I actually just began doing that maybe about a month or two ago. And uh, it's amazing, man. It's great. Better performance, less. Um, it cuts down my recovery time. Um, and everything's just been, it works, bro. It works. I think it is important to make sure you're hydrated at the least, though, because, um, you know, the worst thing you can do is be dehydrated while doing, um, you know, intense weight training exercises or any type of exercise. So I think hydration is very important, but if you're doing early morning workouts, I think fast workout is definitely the best. Yeah. Yeah. I, I used to do them all the time. And like you said, the energy and the recovery, it, there's definitely something to be said about intermittent fasting or like you say, working out fasted, like the flow of energy, it, it does definitely feel effortless and yeah. Yeah, it's not to say we don't eat, but <laughs> it's just, yeah, it's def- I've noticed that as well. And in terms of like mindset and mentality and things like that, you to me, you seem very focused, very disciplined, which is something I resonate with as well. And do you, what do you credit for that? Do you have like a meditation practice or certain mantras in your head? Yeah, what, yeah, what's your approach to mindset and mentality? Great question, bro. Appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. I really like your questions. Um, so I practice kundalini yoga on 
used to be on a daily basis. It used to be twice a day, actually, but now it's maybe three to four times a week. And that's my main meditation, grounding, spiritual practice, right? So I've been practicing that consistently for about four years now. It's been one of the most potent and powerful practices in my life by far. And um, to give just, I guess, a better understanding and overview of what Kundalini Yoga is, for those who might not be familiar, it's considered to be the most potent form of yoga, right? So it allows us to activate the dormant life force energy that it sits dormant in the base of our spine, right? Also known as the root chakra. And through dynamic breathing, movements, and mantras, you activate this dormant life force energy, also known as kundalini, also known as chi, right? And you allow it to, <clears throat> excuse me, flow upwards uh, through, you know, up the spine and throughout the body, right? And this produces um, almost a, uh, a feeling of being more alive and awake, right? It's, it's definitely energizing, but not in a way like, like caffeine or anything like that. It's more just like you're awake, you're alert, but at the same time, you're calm, right? And in terms of focus and my overall calm demeanor, that has been a huge proponent or a huge cause of that, right, is, is my continuous kundalini practice. And of course, outside of that comes, you know, a, a deeper spiritual connection, also a lot of you know working through emotions right suppressed emotions and stuff that we haven't dealt with it it really allows us to deal deal with what we need to deal with in a very direct way right whereas if more of the stretch based relaxing yogas right um those are you see the effects of those more over time with kundalini yoga, after one potent session, you will definitely feel the effects. It is super, super potent, but it's also super um, accessible and super, you know, uh, somewhat easy to do, right? Um, I, it's, it's easy for me to say that because I've been doing it for four years, but even when I started, I realized like, okay, I, I don't necessarily need to be super flexible. I don't need to hold poses for like three to four minutes, like some of the other forms of yoga. Um, I can literally sit, you know, in a comfortable seated position, expand my body, right? So expand my chest and contract my chest while doing these breathing techniques, right? This rhythmic breathing technique. Um, And literally within a short amount of time, even if you do it for 10 to 15 minutes, man, for me, that's similar to doing like a two hour um yin or relaxing stretch based yoga yeah. session right so, so yeah that's been my main yeah practice sounds really interesting sure. i've heard chris kendall uh, recently talk about it as well so just say i want to get started or a viewer wants to get started what would you recommend Do you have like a set video you go to or a set routine like how, how does someone get started with it yeah yeah i mean there's a lot of there are a lot of organizations and um, a lot of people who, you know, are pra- been practicing, have been teaching Kundalini Yoga for years and years. Um, there's a lot of ways to get started. I got started through a, um, I guess you can call them an organization, through 
uh, a group by the name of Life Force Academy, right? And they are uh, they basically offer online courses, classes, even even teacher training certifications through their website, lifeforceacademy.com. And it's led by, you know, a very dope dude, cool individual, um, someone I look up to, his name is Jai Dave. And um, that's how I got started. That's how I got introduced to it. Um, I'm actually currently, so I've been, I've been teaching breath work and even Kundalini yoga locally for maybe about a year. Um, but I'm actually currently, as of tomorrow, starting a teacher training uh, certification program for myself to really dive deep into the basics or the foundation of yoga. So um, I'm really excited for that because that's going to really expand my knowledge outside of the you know, consistent practice that I've do, been doing, which I feel um, provided me with, you know, the confidence and the assurity to actually lead others through that practice as well. But now I'm, you know, really diving even deeper to expand my yoga practice beyond Kundalini and get more into like vinyasa and hatha yoga as well. So, um, but if you would like a quick and I would say very informative um, tutorial on how to do a three to five minute yoga training session. I can provide you one. I have a video tutorial that I provide to people. And um, basically, if you follow me on my Instagram, Noor's Plant Life, and send me a DM with the word breath, I can provide you with that uh, tutorial um, that will basically, the tutorial is maybe 15 to 20 minutes long. So I dive deep into how to do it, why we're doing it, Etc. But the actual exercise is three to five minutes long, okay. right? So, um, yeah, that's a great way to start. It's very simple, very easy, and uh, you know, it doesn't require much yeah, time. Yeah, I'll, I'll be hitting you up for that. I think <laughs> sounds interesting, man. Yeah, okay. yeah. Well, and yeah, in man. terms of something, I, I had a little thought while you were saying that it's kind of linked. It's maybe the importance of money, especially from a conscious entrepreneur point of view and in this modern day in this modern age how do you feel about money because you're currently a coach right so you're providing a lot of value a lot of yep. service what's your approach to money and your philosophy around money how do you how do you see it i think money is one of the greatest tools we can use for change and uh to make things happen honestly um yeah i think money money is great man if it's used wisely it's energy at the end of the day, right? So it's an energetic exchange. And, um, you know, I think it's, yeah, it's a great tool. And I don't think it's everything, but I think it's, it's currently what society is used to in terms of trading and being able to, you know, make things happen, manifest dreams and stuff like that. I think it's something that we should all use as a very, very helpful tool to help create the, you know, what we want to see in this world. You know what I mean? And uh, yeah, I enjoy it, man. I like it. Bring the money my yeah. way, man. <laughs> That's what I'd for say. Sure. For sure. Well, I agree. I think if you're a good individual, it only amplifies your character, you know? I think, yeah. I think yeah. If, if, a, if a positive soul gets money, then I think they can do more good in the world. And yeah, I agree 100%. So that kind of ties into your coaching. How do you, in terms of coaching, it's something I'm interested in as well. Is it fulfilling? Is it 
is it yeah how would you describe working as a coach for you personally like do you enjoy it or mm-hmm. is it stressful or yeah it can be stressful yeah. for sure just as really anything but fulfilling is definitely a great term yes 100 percent. because i feel like a lot of us when we look to you know achieve our dreams or do what we love to do as a living sure we want the you know the the wealth and you know the monetary gains from that but deep down inside we want to feel fulfillment bro you know what i'm saying we want to feel like what we're doing is actually making a great impact in the lives of others and you know the world right so it is very fulfilling bro um you know the one of my first clients i work with she got amazing results man and she's continuing to get amazing results we're actually still working together you know and um yeah you know when you can witness the change the positive change in others right and they're literally like thanking you you know thanking you for providing them the tools resources support accountability for them to make a huge change in their life and you know i'm a plant-based fitness coach, right? So that's kind of like the surface level of what I help people with. But when people change what they eat, how they move, and combine that with certain practices, bro, it changes their entire life and not just their health or wellness, Mm. right? So when you see that you were a key or integral part of someone's ability to improve their entire life, right? It's like, yo, it energizes you, man, on a very deep level where, you know, all of the ups and downs and the stresses that come with it, it's all worth it, man. It's all worth it. And it's like, yo, this is this is definitely what I enjoy doing. And I want to continue doing this and help as many people as possible, um, you know, by making that positive impact. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's how I imagine it to be. I can't imagine many more things that are that fulfilling. And like you said, it's like a whole life transformation. Like obviously you've got diet, you've got exercise, you've got practices and habits and things like that. But once you dial in all of those things and like you said, and see the transformation, I I can just imagine how that feels. So people might be thinking, yeah, that's easy for you to say. You've got this amazing story of transformation, you know, you're doing well, but how, how do I get into coaching? Like I'm not good enough. Like we all experience that imposter syndrome. What would you say? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What would you say to someone who's thinking of getting into coaching, but just a bit on the fence? If you've made any type of improvement, have progressed in any aspect of your life, and you truly believe that you can help others at least get to where you're currently at, then you can become a coach, mm-hmm. right? You don't necessarily need to be this amazing, like, or have this amazing transformation. For example, we'll think about, say, fitness. Let's say you, you know, are slightly overweight and you have this long-term goal of losing 50 pounds within the next few months or year or whatever. And, you know, there's a lot of people who have that similar goal or maybe even lesser goals. Um... And so within the next month, you've worked towards your goal and you've lost five to 10 pounds, let's say 10 pounds, right? You haven't made it to your 
last or your, you know, your ultimate goal of losing 50 to 60, but you've lost 10. And there are many people who would love to learn and be coached on how to lose 10 pounds, right? So being that you've made that progress and achieved that milestone, you can help others do the same, right? And people will pay you to help them get there as well. You know what I'm saying? And they'll happily pay you, you know what I'm saying? So, um, you know, imposter syndrome is, is something that we all go through, man. You know what I'm saying? Like I've gone through, I still go oh, through yeah, it, you know, but I catch that within myself and I'm like, nah, bro, you, you got what it takes. You know what I'm saying? You've got what it takes. So it, it's not about being this like superstar or making this like amazing change. If you made any type of change that you're proud of, that you know that you can help others make a change, then you can become a coach. I think what's important to, to know and understand is that coaching isn't all like fun and games, right? You've gotta, you've gotta tell people what they need to hear and not what they wanna hear, right? So, you know, generally I'm, I think I'm a very like, you know, kind guy. I'm, you know, fairly, you know, I, I like to make people feel good but I also know that, you know, it just, and this is just going through life, man, that I gotta, I gotta let people know what they need to hear and not what they want to hear. And sometimes that might make me uh, be perceived as an asshole, as, you know, someone who's, you know, just this jerk. Right. And that's okay. That's cool. That's, that's all right with me. As long as you understand it's for the greater good. And that I'm trying to get to you to yeah, your goal. Right. So, um, very necessary yeah, bro. for sure for sure exactly you only have to be one step ahead i think people people don't even yes. want to learn from like a perfectionist anyway they just want someone who's relatable and yeah i fully agree so i'm yeah, yeah i'm just aware of the time but uh i think it'll be good to end on some rapid fire questions so let's you ready? do it bro let's go yes. okay what's your favorite fruit mm-hmm. Oh, damn, you're going to hit me with that right away. Oh, man. Currently, it's got to be dates. Mm, yeah, same here as well. They're yeah. great, great staple. Describe yourself in one word. Calm. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. <laughs> Very calm demeanor. Yeah. It's nice. What's one thing that everyone needs to buy or should buy? Hmm. Good one, man. Ah, oh. fruit, bro. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't want to go without it. <laughs> What's one book that everyone needs to read? Hmm, it's also a tough one. Um, just right off top, and this, I haven't read this in years, but How to Win Friends and Influence People. It's a great book, mm-hmm. bro. If yeah. you're trying to progress in life in yeah, any way. I need to reread it, I think. <laughs> What's the best piece of advice that you've ever received? Mm. Your what you perceive others perceive you as is usually not the truth, right? So people usually perceive you as something other than what 
what you think they perceive you as. Mm. That makes sense. Yeah, I think I heard yeah. Jay Shetty say something about it. It's something about, yeah, I'm not, I'm not even going to try and quote it, but it's like something about I am who you, th I'm not who you think I, I don't know. It's, it's a long quote, but I, I fully, I fully understand where you're coming from. <laughs> what, what are yeah, three things yeah. that you can't live without? Fruit, exercise, yoga. No, no. What's your greatest strength and biggest weakness? Greatest strength is um, ability to ground and help others ground. Weakness may be... <sighs> I've been working on my weaknesses a lot, man. That's good to hear. So I might have to think about that. Yeah. Um, I guess it's, it's asking for help. Mm. Yeah. It's, it's improved, but it's definitely something that's still a weakness for sure. What would you tell your 20 year old self? Do what you love, bro. Mm. Do what you love. Forget everything else and do what you love. Yeah. That's what life's all about. Do you believe in having a purpose? If so, what is your purpose in life? Yes, I do believe in that. My purpose is to heal and help others heal as well. Yeah, that's a great purpose. And finally, what are you grateful for today? Man, I am grateful for the sun peeking through this window, even though it's minimal, you know what I mean? It's... <laughs> It's still, it's still felt and appreciated. Yeah, You're luckier than me. It's, it's, it's dark here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, cool. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I appreciate your time and uh, answering all the questions. So if you want to plug yourself, let the people know what you've got going on before we, we end. That'd be uh, great. Yeah. Thank you for the interview, bro. Truly enjoyed it. Great questions. And appreciate that. I'm, I'm really excited to continue seeing your journey as you flourish Likewise, man. You know, through your podcasting and everything else. Um, you know, your energy is definitely on point and I resonate with it. Um, so thank you for that, first and foremost. And uh, yeah, man, y'all can find me on Instagram, Noor's Plant Life. That's N-U-R-S, Plant Life. Um, same thing on TikTok, uh, Facebook. You can find me. Um, well, I, I have links to my Facebook group on my Instagram. Um, and yeah, you know, just check me out. Instagram is my main uh social media platform. So check me out. I got a whole lot of, you know, helpful information on that. Um, provide a lot of free information and resources. And um, yeah, man, just uh, if I can depart with one final statement, it would be health is wealth, right? So without our health, any monetary, any other type of gains that we make, what that we perceive as wealth, we're unable to enjoy it, right? So I think it's really important to hone in and key in on our health so it makes everything else in life much more enjoyable, more accessible, and easier to do, right? So um, just remember that, y'all, like, focus on your health and everything else will fall into place. 100% agree. And, yeah, thank you for your time once again. I'll leave all your links down below. And thank you to the listeners. I want you to leave your biggest takeaway down below, and either me or Noor will get back to you. Anyway, peace and love, everyone. Yes, sir. Peace, y'all.